Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. GVGP episode 49 is about to get underway as Molly and I sit down to discuss recent events in the gaming world, the state of 2022 so far, our latest addictions such as recapturing the nostalgia of our youth, buying new versions of old games, and whatnot. Get it? Turn up the volume, perk up your ears, rest your thumbs, and get ready for all that Generic Video Game Podcast episode 49 has in store for you over the course of the next 90 minutes. How's everything going, Molly? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was sitting here watching a stream of somebody selling cheap games,、uh, so I wasn't really paying attention to what you just said.、Uh, you have to like, repeat that. I don't, I don't know.、Um, yeah, so,、um, so what not? What not? H- have you tried this yet, by the way, before we get into this? Like, have, have you actually tried it yet? No, I've downloaded the app. I haven't looked at it firsthand, but it was very crazy the other day when you privately texted me about it because I had just learned of what not for other reasons, for action figure, wrestling figure reasons on a po- another show I listened to. But it was very interesting to hear your take in- on it in terms of retro gaming and the world of Japanese games. Yeah, I spent, I spent my Thursday.、Uh, Bugging Anthony as he was, he was trying to work、um, <laughs> with endless. So, okay. So, I guess we'll, let's start somewhere else first and then get to whatnot. Because okay, they're, so they're, we'll, they're, we'll wrap back around to that because right now that's the, the current craze for Molly, which is、uh, she's now trying to get me into、uh, as、yes. I continually thin out some of my collection and then simultaneously, hours later, rack it back up. The, the reason I was curious about this thing,、um, because you know, there, there's been a lot of sales apps,、uh, you know, apps for you to, to sell things, to buy things. You know.、um, but the reason I got curious is something maybe people do or do not know is this year, the way you have to report profits has, has changed. <clears throat> so previously, and I, I may get these. The exact number is wrong, so don't kill me if I do,、um, but they'll be close enough.、Uh, so, previously, if, if you made, and again, I, I might be wrong on the number, if you, made, if you made more than $600 a year in profit, you were supposed to report that when you filed your taxes for the year.、Uh, but the thing was, is that people being people, they didn't necessarily report it, you know. Uh, because the actual threshold for where. I don't want to say people, the IRS and everything wouldn't care until then, but the, the, the point at which there was attention actually paid w- was, I think, like a $20,000 level. So you <clears> had <throat> to sell $20,000 of stuff in a year before you would actually kind of be on anybody's radar. Right. So, most of us, you know, maybe we like, especially since COVID hit, game prices has gone through the roof. You know, last year, I, I think I maybe sold like $1,000 of games or whatever.、Um, maybe more than that. I don't know. But, you know, most of us, were we supposed to file that? Sure. But did we? No. But, but now for this year, it has changed to where anything over. 
600 is now going to be paid attention to. And that's a huge, huge change. Pissed off a lot of people. It's it's a ridiculous amount. It's going to hurt a lot of poor people and people in lower income brackets. But now basically, if you use eBay, if you use Mercati, if you use Amazon or anything like that, if on those services you sell more than $600 worth of anything in the calendar year, they're going to report those earnings to the government. And where it gets messy is, you know, if, if Anthony's selling his games, right, and he sells, let's just say, $600 worth of games, now, right. now it's, it's reported. He, he hasn't made... $600 of profit. Because in order, for, in order for that to be all profit, he would have gotten all those games for, for free initially. And he didn't, right? Correct. But, but what you now have to consider is, so there's things like, I don't know the exact name of the rule, but there's like a, like a garage sale rule. Basically, you know, if you put things that you own in a garage sale and sell them, the government doesn't care about the, pro- the the profit in that because it's considered that you you bought that item at some point or somebody else bought it and gave it to you as a gift. It was used for a certain amount of time and you're selling it now and you're most likely not really making a profit, right? But the problem comes in is if, you know, let's, let's say GameCube. GameCube's games are really expensive right now. So if you sell a GameCube game for $200, you've made profit on that. Because it's most likely that you did not pay $200 for that game years ago, right? But what you now have... So so I... I th- th- this is total bullcrud, by the way, just yeah, to interject. But, but so so what this means is like... If 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 Anthony sells six hundred dollars worth of games on on Mercari or or eBay or whatever, he hasn't made six hundred dollars of profit, right? No, but, it's it's like another job now having to deal with taxes, right? Because now he would have to on his taxes explain to the government how much he paid for all that stuff and how much profit he made. Now. If, you know, if, if you've got, um, okay, so I had, um, all right, th- this doesn't count because I actually bought it at a later date, but um, I had a copy of Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom for NES, and I sold it for, I think, like 120 bucks. There's, A, there's no way I remember what I paid for that game back in the NES days. Mm-hmm. And B, there's no way I have a receipt for it. But... You could get to a position where if the IRS wants to audit you, you would then need to show them why you said you you only made X amount of profit on that game. Wow. Right? Because I could say, well, I bought it back in the day for 60 bucks. I sold it for 120 I only made $6 of profit. Right? But you may, maybe you now have to prove that. And how, how do you prove that? You know? may, so, may I hit pause here and ask two questions? Sure. Okay, part one. In using stuff like Mercari, eBay, whatever it is, whatever app, whatever app of which actually has an app and tracking ability, 
Will this be similar to an investment app or something of that nature where I'm going to make believe, and I don't, I don't have Mercari, but let's make believe I'm on Mercari. Let's say I sell $1,500 worth of product on Mercari for 2022. Mm-hmm. And let's say I space it or I'm like, this rule isn't really real. I'm not going to claim it next year. Is it one of those things where Mercari now has to send out emails and a variant of a 1099, much like many yes. of the cryptocurrency apps do? Yes. What? So, that's, so, that's part one. So, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, so, we, so just, just real quick. Um, yeah. So they're all going to be, if you make more than $600 in, in that one app or service or whatever, um, they're going to require your like social security number and stuff. Wow. And they... They are going to directly report it <laughs> to, the, wow. to the government, um, and they will send you a a. I don't remember. It's not. It's not. W2, it may not whatever, be a true ten ninety nine, but I've seen this yeah. on like Robinhood and uh, Coinbase. Right. It's a specialized yeah. like email or form you can print for taxes. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Now, so yes. All all these services are now going to report be reporting your your. Whatever again, it's not it's not profit; it's income. They're going to be record, reporting your income to the government if you make more than six hundred dollars, and it's now going to be your job to explain to the government why it is or isn't profit. Now I'm going to say part two here, unrelated to that. So okay, let's say we're still in the game. No pun intended. Let's say okay, you know what? They're not going to stop us. We still have our games. We're going to do this right. We still need to make some money. Let's make this work. From here on out, between you and me privately, and this is very OCD, but this is almost business-like, I'm going to say something about receipts here that's two-prong. Part one is, I would say, would you keep all your receipts? And I'm actually going to mention GameStop, not out of joking, because we still do buy some games physically in person, not all online. Now, problem that I run into with receipts like GameStop, because I used to keep a little chest of a lot of like old NCSX receipts, Amazon, which I've wiped out. But as you know, over the years, naturally, even in taking care of it, the ink fades. Yep. So here's my question, finally, the second part of this. For better record-keeping purposes to stay in the game... With your game purchases, if you don't get an email, would you start scanning your old school receipts into a folder on your computer? I mean, it's 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 like it's just it's nuts, and I I kind of like I'm kind of like the answer maybe is yes. I think you know? so. I mean, my answer, my person. Now that we're having this conversation, because you're shedding lights on, on things that I was unaware of, my personal answer now. This is insane. Like I need another task, whether I sell or not. I'm going to start keeping digital now of all my receipts. Which, by the way, um, as a side, a side note, um, whenever you get those emails from like PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo yes. about like digital purchases, yes, um, make sure you save those because if you ever, this is for listeners too, if you ever have any issues with your account and you need to get back into your account, one of the questions they're going to ask you is, "What are your recent purchases?" So. Um, if you don't have those emails and if you can't answer like what you bought on what day, like you might not get back in your account. Wow. And my digital uh, log on there is embarrassing. Yeah. Wow. So I, I, I know like I used to just throw this away, but yeah, it actually just, 
you know, in, in most email things these days have like an archive button or something, just, just save them in there and keep them just in case. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, like, I don't, like, I don't know, like, like, it just is insane to me that, that we have to now. I, it's, it's like another, look, you and I are adults. You and I are older than we care to admit. And everybody's got to learn in life, right? You learn with experience. But, like, could you imagine, and I know there are people like this, but could you imagine being 18, 19, 20, 22 again and having to keep this level of record keeping? I know. I know. Like I said, like I said, like, there's just, I mean, how, but how are you going to say what you paid for an NES game, what you paid for a Genesis game? You know, like, it's it's just impossible. And it's it's ridiculous. And again, I know people out there are going to say, well, you should have been doing it anyway before. Like, shut up. Like, no, that's don't. not people for, don't. we're not, we're not talking about investments or stocks or real estate where, and, and you know, we can go down this avenue and I understand, you know, there's potential profit, but here's the other thing. The video game you bought X amount of years ago, hypothetically, you bought off money you earned at a job. The money on your job you got taxed on. When you bought that product, that product was taxed. That year, you know, you you paid your income tax. Now, years later, you're selling and then paying a tax on that taxed item again. Well, see, I mean, like, you're paying a tax on the profit, which in, in theory, okay, fine. But here's my thing, right, is, you know, if... If you're gonna come after me, okay. Let, let's say I hit the jackpot. You know, like I've got a copy of Rule of Rose on my shelf over there. Mm-hmm. If I sell my Rule of Rose for seven hundred dollars, which is obviously a profit, you know, um, be- before you come after me for that piddly amount of money, like actually properly tax rich people, you know, uh, I didn't. I, I was going to go down this road. I didn't get to it. Yeah, yeah. It's once again much like the pollution of the world or the money of the world, it's coming down to the lowest sector to make the biggest changes while the right. people at the top who cause the most damage and do nothing, the the top 99, you know, that, that percentage point that controls almost everything gets away again. It's, it's, like, it's like being told in droughts, you know, like only, only take a, a, a three-minute shower and then meanwhile... You know the the golf course across the street is is right. pumping thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to get a golf course in the middle of a desert. You right. Know? It's yeah. It's it's ridiculous, and it's just ridiculous that like 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 I said, yes, people are making profit at selling selling their old stuff. But you know what? Like I said, if you want to actually go after people who are making way bigger profits that they're paying no taxes on, at that point you can come after my money. It's fine. How about but, Amazon? Or how about Nike yeah. in town that brings yeah. so many jobs here in the Portland metropolitan area? And I put that in quotes. Yet they get so many breaks and the money that does not come back into the city because of all the praise of being the almighty that they get. It's it's just and causing more damage than good. I mean, we can talk about this. I know it's not a political show, but, um, I, you know, I, I don't you just can't get ahead. Yeah. So. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Aside from people like you and I, the consumer, now I'm very fortunate I lived near a handful of highly regarded 
retro shops that I've talked about in the past, like the retro game traders. There's two of them in town, one that opened up last year, very popular. And there's other establishments like that around town in the Portland area. While these shops do a lot of trading, in-store credit, don't you feel that this is going to have an effect on them? Like, obviously, with their business, they don't want to be giving cash out all day, but they get a lot of people coming in there to, for cash because they they will find the buyer in town. They have a specialized board. Don't you feel this is going to affect their business in a way in terms of maybe affecting inventory or certain deals made? Well, that's what I was going to say. Is is so obviously the <clears throat> the first step is. Um, and it's a pain in the ass, and that's kind of why I was checking out whatnot. What is okay? Now I've got to make sure if I sell Mercati, I only sell to like five hundred and ninety dollars. Then I I go to eBay and sell five hundred ninety on there, and then I go to this app and sell five hundred ninety on there. Um, I think some of the solutions are going to be like Facebook Marketplace doing the local only stuff because that has no tracking whatsoever. I think it's going to be. People possibly selling more to, like you're saying, their local game shops or pawn shops or, or <clears throat> things like that. Uh, crazy enough, it could make Craigslist a little more popular again, you know? Oh, uh, yeah, just to, like, I, meet someone in a parking lot or around town cash, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's going to have to be, like, people are going to find ways around this because it's just, I, I guess we don't know, right? We don't know yet until next year when we're filing our taxes how big of a pain it's going to be and the reality is right now with as understaffed as the irs is um i'm i'm going to assume that if the one questionable thing on your taxes is the video games you sold like you're probably not going to get audited you know but we just don't know yet and we don't know how big of a pain it's going to be well here's the thing we're going to need and stuff like that it will be somewhat of a pain here's why i say because if it was an honor system, you're correct. Right. But when you answered my question and said these sites like Mercari and eBay are going to inform you and they're going to claim it, well, when that cross-reference or double-check, that doesn't mean they're going to get you every time. But you can't, you know, in life, right. you know, in life you're assured two things, death and taxes. And you don't want to fool around with Uncle Sam. And and, the, and I'm sure you've seen documentaries and reports where sometimes the reason they will go after the little person is because they can't afford the lawyers or hold things up in court like the very wealthy can. So they that is why at times they go after the little man, so to speak, because they can't defend themselves. Yeah. Um, and and the other thing that this might throw a huge wrench into is uh, if you're somebody who files your taxes for free every year because you're at a point where you can, I can tell you, like, I, I, I can't file my taxes for free because I've always had some sort of complication. And I don't know yet if income from this kind of stuff will be a big enough complication to have to bump you to the next tier of tax oh. filing. Mm. I say, I don't know. Totally might not be a big deal. But just keep in mind that until it happens, we won't know. It's because, funny. It, I, because I thought, it says the, tax, the tax companies love to find reasons to have to bump you to the next level. Oh, it's it's unbelievable. Because as you know, you and I are very wealthy and we're waking, making way too much. Yep. 
uh, as over what's that statistic over well over 50% of Americans on a national basis make less than $35,000 a year. Uh, you you know well, what I'm I I I don't I don't know if you saw but um <clears throat> was it Jez from PC Gamer or whatever said um that uh we we gaming journalists are are, are highly paid and and what? our free games are corrupting us and everything like that. So. What? Yeah. No, that's uh, if we, I'll make this quick. And I, I've talked to someone who you know. This is about a decade ago, but you know, here's here's the inside track on that. Unless you're in a rare position of someone who's, and I'm not saying this to kiss Molly's backside, but someone who's established and gone through the trenches over the last 25 years, working her way up. The stereotypical circumstance, I'd say, in the late 90s, 2000s, and probably maybe not as much now just because of how the things have changed. You know, they get the fresh kid out of college. They see it's video games, wanting to write for their passion, getting them to do it for free. That has That is what has hurt that industry the most is that turnover and people working for free for something that should not be free and is actually, when done properly, a lot more challenging and time-consuming than one thinks. Yeah, m- most people in the game industry now are, are freelancers. Um, and I can, I can assure you freelancers don't make much money. And they have to chase whatever money they, they do make. So yeah, it was, it was just it was a funny comment. Let me, let me put it this way. And some of this is my own fault, coming down to personal drive and setting goals. I am to blame. People have always been supportive of me and given me the push and the uh, adulation to, to, to pursue X, Y, and Z in games. But I'm going to give you a little bit of an excuse as to where I'm at as an adult. I, many people in my life associate me with video games. It's my passion. I've been doing it since I'm five years old. I'm, I'm on the cusp of 42 now. I love it. It still hasn't gone away. There's some things I don't like, but it's, it's a part of my life every day in some capacity. Even if I'm not playing games, I'm reading about it, reading a magazine, whatever. Why am I not working around gaming? Why am I not getting paid to do that? And what I'm doing for my real job is something that's more trades-based, like tradesman-based. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you right now. Because it's not, it's not paying. Doesn't pay. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, you have to be in a special spot. You have to, there are positions for people if you know someone and have the right connection. But, you know, that's, that's the thing. That, that's the one thing that really frustrates me. And with past podcast endeavors that I've done in having, I don't want to use the word relationship, but working with Amazon when they tried their indie division at the time and conducting interviews. I can say this now because this was a decade ago in ancient history. Even a company like Amazon or dealing with certain setups, guess what? They don't want to pay. Now that we've uh, started out on that high note, oh, speaking, you know, well, we're looking wait, for wait, 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 yeah. real quick, real quick. Anyway, yeah. so, so I was looking for new apps, sell games. I uh, checked out this app called Whatnot. If you have not checked it out, it's really interesting. It started out originally as an app for selling Funko Pops, but it also does like sports cards, trading cards, Pokemon cards, video games, a few other things. What it is. 
Now, I, I, I cannot speak to this. I think there is a way for you to just put items up for sale, maybe. I haven't seen that part yet. But you go on the app, and people will have these live stream like sales. It's almost like, I don't want to say QVC, but it's a little bit thinking like that, like a, uh, a, like a program for like selling things. So the one I was bugging Anthony about, there was this company in New York. They were selling like 450 Japanese games, all, all variety, all types, no rhyme or reason. They would put every game, they put a game on screen. They say, this is number 127. Here's what it is. They put a 15 second timer. They started at a dollar and people bid. And once the 15 <laughs> seconds are up, whoever bid the most wins that game. Right. So it's, it's like this really interesting, addictive thing just because um, it's, it's this, this just this thing that's happening then and only then you're watching there's it's game after game after game after game you've got 15 seconds for each one some of these games somebody knows about so you can get them for like really cheap prices so what it's it's just this interesting app where instead of just going on and bidding on an item or just buying it outright you're you're watching this show to see what's coming up next and I'm sure the thrill will go away, but for now, I am super into it. It's it's kind of crazy, and you can you, there's there's some shows where you can get some really good deals. I've watched a few other shows where they're 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 more eBay pricing stuff. Mm. Uh, but if you're curious at all, check it out. Uh, it's it's a totally different experience for for buying stuff. Um, and I was said inundating Anthony with email, I mean with, with text messages. About what they were selling and what I was buying and stuff. Now, now let me ask you this: uh, You're the guilty party here. You you did purchase at least a couple items, correct? Yeah, and so the way it works is like, um, my understanding is just like during a show. If you're watching a certain uh, whatever whatever that show was. Mm-hmm. Now, some people have a show where it's like 20 items. Some people like this company I was watching is like 400 and some items. And the way it works is the the whatnot company handles all the shipping and everything. In terms of like the the costs and stuff, so when I bought my first item, I so I got um I bought my wife a copy of Xevious on Famicom, mm-hmm. and I got it for two bucks. So because so, what people will do is is if nobody's bidding on something, they'll just bid because the bid's a dollar, and so they can maybe get a game for a buck. So why not? So somebody bid a dollar on it. I bid two, and then nobody outbid me. And at that point, the shipping was, I want to say, like $4 or $4.50. But then, during that, during that, that, it's not an episode, but that show, if you buy more items, then the shipping is a dollar per item. And it gets kind of crazy. Yeah, I don't know how they're getting away with that, because with well, shipping prices these days... But I think you can also like I think somebody bought a joystick and it was only a dollar for the shipping. I don't that's which it gets yeah, it gets what weird. If, but so what if they put it in a Ziploc bag and just put it in the <laughs> <laughs> So I bought a second game. I bought a Dryman game for uh Super Famicom. And I, I spent too much, but I, I bought it because my wife had wanted the previous one and somebody outbid me and I got pissed off about it, which is 
the bad part about this whole thing. <laughs> so I was determined to get this once. I paid nine dollars for the game, and then it was a dollar for to ship that. Because basically, they put that game in the box with the other game, and so it kind of encourages you to buy multiple items from the same person at the same show. Oh yeah, to to so it's in one fell swoop get multiple items in right, one because, box. Cause, yeah, because because if, if you if you've already spent the the initial shipping charge mm-hmm. and it's like well it's only going to be a buck more to ship this thing right you know you might as well buy that thing and if you're at that point it's only a buck more to add another game to the package and another game so well you need to let me know when you get your product to see what kind of shape it's in and that said have you gotten any notifications or have any of your items shipped out yet yeah yeah they shipped so okay Oh, good. So I bought I bought them on Wednesday, and they were shipped Thursday. Well, that's I, not, I wasn't that's not bad. I wasn't sure because, like I said, this is a company that had on the show I watched. It was like four hundred and fifty some items, and then the next day they did another show with like an, like another two hundred and fifty items. So I was like, this could take a while to ship these, but they seem to be pretty quick about it. So, wow. Yeah. Well, well, I'm definitely going to check that out. Uh, like I like I need that in my life, but it sounds very interesting, even if it's just to snoop in and and see what's going on. I've uh, bought okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I've I've bought I've bought like more old games in the past two weeks than I have in the past year. I think because <laughs> I I bought let's see I bought like uh, like three or four. No, I've, I've got. I bought like three. This is all on whatnot. No, 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 no. Okay, in general, uh, eBay, whatnot, Mercari, okay, local game stores. I've bought like five Master System games recently. I just bought a Super Nintendo game today. I bought the those games I talked about on Wednesday, and I think I bought something else too. What SNES game did you get? Because that's a rarity for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, so one of the few games I really wanted was SimCity. And so I bought a copy of SimCity. Oh, the uh, SimCity 2000? Or not, excuse no, me, I apologize. No, original. The Super yeah. NES version of SimCity. Yeah, because I wow. actually do really, really like that version. And yeah. It's, it's a thing where I got my uh, Super NT last year. And it's just like, you know what, I should have a few cartridges for this thing, so at least have something to play right. with. So. Yeah. Oh, that's a nice pickup. Um... Speaking of retro stuff, I guess this will kind of uh, roll right into it. So you mentioned your analog NT. Now, before I get into this, you probably know where I'm headed. For fans wondering, so it has been a while since you've heard our voices. To you, it's probably been about three to four months. The reality is Molly and I did do an episode 48, so in case you're yep. also wondering, we didn't forget how to count. This is episode 49. Yeah. But 48, as of right now, is the lost episode. We don't know if it'll ever be found and come to life, so that's... I, I, I think I think it will. It's just um, I've had some issues putting it together, uh, and it also came in a, just a, a... It came... So basically, the because... The, you know, I, I had surgery back in October. I talked about that a little bit on on Twitter. Um, my my grand idea that failed miserably was we we do a show before my surgery. That way, because I knew I wasn't able to do another show for a while, uh, we recorded and everything. And I've had some issues putting it together. I I think it's going to happen. It's just um, 
I didn't want to keep waiting to get that one put out. So it will be old, but I do want to still put it out. So it, it will come at some point right. once I can get it, once I get All it right. down. Well, I do appreciate that. Uh, no rush. Uh, I am happy to be starting the year with this episode. I feel more refreshed than I did back in October. Uh, I feel like I was dead tired at the time, but uh, feeling good tonight. So a lot of topics we can delve into. We definitely will not be getting into everything. <clears throat> As so much has happened in recent months, that said, back on track. So we went from the Super NT. Were you lucky enough, Molly? Uh, this past December 13th was the official release finally for the first wave. Are you in on the analog pocket? I'm, I was lucky enough to get bullshit is what I was lucky enough to get. Um, I, I missed... I missed the early 2022 batch by like a hundred orders maybe maybe 200 at most mm. uh so i am all the way at the end of this year which is ridiculous wow i i think i think you know what i think i screwed up like i mean so normally i would go for a white one but just the like the way this kind of stuff works and how how often your hands are going to be on it and, right um just ha the way the that built-in screens look with a black border versus a white border right i was like i'm just gonna get the black one but i i think had i gotten the white one i might already be getting it early this year but I, I think the white was less popular so that might be my downfall but yeah I, i'm getting it end of this year at some point well, while I did not get in on the analog craze, uh, I've been collecting switch lights like Pez candy. So uh, oh. I, I don't have an excuse, but, you know, I feel with my switch collection, which is ever growing, uh, I have now hit th my third switch light. Now, now wait, are, are you just are you replacing uh, them? I'm stupid. Or are you, um, are you just holding on to like various switch lights? <laughs> Um, I, mean, I, I can't talk. I can't talk because I've got eleven DSs, so I can't. See, here's can't the funny fun thing. This, yeah, but. so uh, here's the thing. I, I'm I'm just about done with my Switch purchasing. Let me make that clear. Um, the final piece of the puzzle sometime this year, I do want to get an OLED. I do truly feel that's going to be the last one. Um, the other two I have, I have one I've been primarily using for the last whatever it is, eighteen months or what have you. The other two. Um, one of them I got by selling my OG Switch earlier in the year uh, when everyone thought that the new Switch was coming this past summer, which it did not. And with right. that, I got the GameCube Purple. And then recently for my collection, because I, it's not so much that I'm a big fan of the game. It was I truly enjoyed the dark color scheme. I did wind up getting the latest Pokemon Edition Hmm. Um, which is more black. It's like black. The, the analog sticks are also colored like that, and it just has the tasteful like line-type art on the back, so it's nothing too gaudy. So, anyway, that's... I'm, I'm shocked. I'm, I am kind of surprised that you are so gung-ho on the Switch at this well, point. Well, you know what? And this isn't being braggadocious. Excluding my digital catalog, which is immense, the amount of physical titles I have on it is just not to be believed. I mean, I, I, um, I 
I bet you. Well, no, I can't say PlayStation because. Well, um, I, I've ended up with a lot of PS4 games, but I, I have a way larger Switch physical library than you would. I think you would expect. My yeah, I've, without I've, getting it, my P, this is a very weird personal statistic, and I. It is what it is. My PlayStation Two, Three, and Four libraries individually in terms of physical titles they're almost all identical number wise it's just a very odd thing the reason i'm saying that is because my playstation libraries are my largest physical libraries you know system by system my switch is approaching what i average on one of those playstation consoles Hmm. It's like within ten. Yeah, and, and the funny part for me is, with as big as my library is, I would say at least seventy five percent of it is like retro stuff. Not, he, not even like not yes. even like newer games, not modern stuff. It just retro collections. I think that's a fair. Uh, you know, mine's got to be without overthinking it. Mine's got to be at least fifty fifty or more. Six. Yeah, I'm with you. Or in the uh swaying towards the retro side of things and and it's just not ending uh uh you know i'm trying to budget i'm contemplating getting the latest limited run retro city girls zero ultimate edition i mean this is wackadoo yep i'm so torn on that one um you know i i I finally i finally saw a switch led oled for myself like two days ago and it's it's really pretty like it really really is and like if i didn't have one of the og switches that can be hacked um if i ever want to do that like i don't even that that oled is really tempting well two things one the only reason i've seen the oled is because i saw it in targeted display and i was yeah that's where i saw it i was much more impressed in person than what i expected and secondly, I have no idea what you're talking about when you say hacked. What do you? What are we talking here? Are we talking like? <laughs> so so for- there, there's okay. Yeah. So the the there was a point. Now remember, remember, I am not a Nintendo person. So if I get this wrong, don't kill me, listeners. Remember that. Um, there was a point where they made the battery better in the Switch. Do you remember that? With the they, OG, and then there was like, yes. yeah, I yes, I I do remember this, yes, because okay. I know someone so, that sold theirs for it at the time. I think it was that point where there was a a again, remember, not Nintendo person. I I think it was an actual issue with the Nvidia chip on the inside of the the machine. There was some major flaw where there was a you would you would. I don't know if short is the right word, but there was a, you would take a little couple pieces of metal and they, and they end up making, they end up making these little actual like adapter things that would do it for you. And I think it's the right side of the switch. If you take the Joy-Con off and you make those two, those, those two <laughs> connection points on mm-hmm. the side of the switch, like connect in a certain way, um, then, then you could, you could, basically jailbreak the console and i think it was to a point where nintendo could not fix it at all it had to be a hardware fix not a software fix um so i i think what it was is that the 
the version of the console that came out with a better battery also fixed that. So any of the original switches previous to that, you can you can completely jailbreak um, and do crazy things with them, and there's no way Nintendo can ever stop you from doing hmm. that. And by jailbreak, and not that we're condoning this, and are you talking like emulation, custom Emulation, I, I, I think you can probably pirate games, you can mm. do emulation, wow. you can put new apps on there, wow. and do lots of other crazy wow. stuff. Mm. So, so the, the Switch that I have, I know is... Um, a an in-demand version because it's one of those versions that you could still completely jailbreak. Amazing. So. Let me ask you this. Speaking of retro stuff, kind of wraps into this with the Switch family and, and retro. Uh, kind of a, an exciting one for a mere $7.99. What are your feelings on the stealth release several weeks ago of SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters Clash? Yeah, that was... That was, I mean, it was obviously coming. Like, I, I guess, right. well, well, I guess beyond the fact of, like, if, if they could get Capcom to agree to it. But, I mean, it, it seemed like it was pretty obviously coming. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, it's one of those things now where <clears throat> it's, it's like, do I, do I just wait for the oh. inevitable second Neo Geo Pocket Color switch physical release to play that game again, da- download it for, i'll send you the eight bucks <laughs> no no it's come on well i don't know no, no. i'm i know what you mean but yeah I, you know this is what i did that first set of which i still haven't gotten my physical set because it was the collectors i know you got yours oh from, okay yeah you know what i did is it's still going to be a treat because 99.9 percent of those games on that cartridge i don't have downloaded but you know it was one of those things where this is how i look at svc card when snk match of the millennium came out neo joe pocket i got it like i ha- i wasn't gonna wait and i figured for eight bucks even though it's double dipping eight bucks isn't 60 Mm-hmm. And that's what I did with the card fighter. So the only two Neo Geo Pocket digital games I have on my system right now is the arguably the two best ones, the the SNK Millennium and then the Card Fighters. But you know, obviously I went for the physical pack as well from Limited Run. And I'm expecting other digital here's I mean, we can guess it. I mean, I bet you the Metal Slug game did they do Metal Slug already? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so I actually sent Anthony a list. That's of right. What I that's right expected. Um. So, so while I look for the list, so real real quick, I I think I think if really really, I mean, let let's be honest here, right? Like, I think most people aren't going to want to go back to weird portable versions of fighting games. You right. know, um, I think the metal slugs are neat, but I don't know how many people actually need them. Right. So I think if there was any one game that truly, truly needed to come back from the pocket, it was Card Fighters. You know, so so this was the one everybody was waiting for. It's the one that makes the most sense. But I, I think my hesitation is that I would kind of rather just play it on my analog pocket once I get oh, that. Oh, that, I, I forgot. I'm sorry. And, yeah. and Card Fighters is the one Neo Geo pocket game I still own. So I have, um, actually I have, I think, three copies of it. Yeah, you were talking to me about that last year when I, when I sold off my NGP collection. 
Yeah, because because I I was back back when Toys R Us still existed. It was a point where they were kind of get rid of all their pocket stuff, and I, and I I bought up all the copies of Neo Geo. I mean, of Card Fighters Clash that they had. So mm-hmm. I, got, I had four sealed copies still. Mm-hmm. And I, I did sell one, but I've got three more left. So <clears throat> go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was clearing my throat. I wasn't being rude. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, I, think the, I think, like, if I'm going to play that game again, I mean, I guess the argument would be, can, can you play the Switch version online with other people? I don't know. My knee-jerk reaction is no, I don't recall that. I'm going to say no. But you do get both versions of it on the download, meaning the SNK and Capcom version. And one can... The way the saves work, like, if you wanted to bounce back and forth with two separate saves or two different games going, per se, depending on your mood, you can do that. And then lastly, I dare say, because of it all being in one digital, you know, download, you can trade the cards back and forth. So all of those niceties are there. Right. I don't believe it has actual online play, but you do get both versions. You can do two games, go, you know, two separate saves and all that jazz. Yeah, I, I guess I just think, like, if... Either, either if I knew a bunch of people locally who had Switches and had that game, or if you could play it online, I would be much more inclined to to buy that version. Um, but I, I, I guess like I just really want to wait for the pocket and play it there. If I'm going to play it again myself, mm-hmm. uh, so so real quick, if we do get a second collection of of pocket games and Switch, slam dunk that it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think there's enough. From just SNK stuff by themselves. Okay, so these are the games I, I told Anthony that were safe, that, that they should be able to put on there no matter what. So we've got, like, Baseball Stars, Crush Roller, Dry, Dive Alert, Dynamite Slugger, Fossil A, uh, Neo Geo Cup 98, all the casino games, Pocket Tennis, Puzzle Link, and SNK versus Capcom Card Fighters. So um, if, if we only had that, then this collection would not be nearly as exciting as the previous collection. I think it would still be exciting for Neo Geo Pocket, Pocket fans, but it would be a harder sell. But then you have the possibilities, which these are things that that may or may not have big licensing issues. We've got Bust and Move Pocket, Cool Borders Pocket, Evolution, Cotton, Magical Drop Pocket, Pac-Man, Picture Puzzle, Puyo Pop, uh, Rockman Battle and Fighters, and Sonic the Hedgehog. So I feel like... I feel like, I mean, Sega will give their games to anybody at this point. So I feel like Sonic the Hedgehog could get on there. <laughs> right. uh, Puyo Puyo, you could probably get on there. Cotton, with the big cotton resurgence, I think you could get cotton on there probably. Um, hopefully. Uh, Bust a Move, I feel like you could probably get. Magical Drop shouldn't be too hard. I think Pac-Man would be a really big one because that was actually a really cool version of the game. So if you, if you, could, get, if you could get Pac-Man, Rockman... Sonic the Hedgehog, like if you get those three, like that makes that collection way more interesting. May I say something crazy of the, what I was thinking? Hmm. So, okay, uh, the only one of the only good ideas I ever had. You remember how I told you, and I'm not saying my idea was stolen. Like ten years ago, I pitched this privately to someone, and you know how 
these days it's commonplace to see the Neo Geo AES snap case boxes come back with right. CD-based games and all that kind of... Okay. So I was thinking to myself the other day, how could I make this work? So I'm going to say something wild. I'm going to say someone like Limited Run could get away with just making a physical copy of SNK Capcom with no other Neo Geo Pocket games Mm. on the cart. But for like the collector's edition, and I'm not saying the price would be, let's say it's like 60 to 80 bucks. I was looking something up on Google, seeing how many cards are like in the game. Fantasy talk. What if they did like a Neo Geo Pocket case again? Gave you SNK card fighters, maybe a nice manual, you know, a tchotchke. And then the other selling point, you know, because you wouldn't be getting like 10 other games on there. What if they gave you like a box of like 300 playing type cards of all the pixel art from the cards in the game? Mm. I mean, that would be neat, but like, that's a lot lot to produce. it, It is. But you and here's why it, you are correct. But Limited Run has done crazy things. They're they've been around a while. They're, it's not like it's year one anymore where they're broke. And you figure you would be able to get away with that. Would be one of those things where people would be torn. Like man, like you know, we're only getting one game. Although it is a true classic and it's the best on the system. But then, how do you push the how do you push the person over to spend that money? What if you got a physical card deck of all those cards? I, I have a counter offer for you, Anthony. <laughs> and that is SK versus Capcom Card Fighters 2 Expand Edition. You want me to make you laugh? Okay. The night that this came out digitally, I respectfully tweeted limited run games about that. Oh yeah, yeah. I said something, and I have to. I have to confess, I completely forgot about that. I kind of did. I, I, I. In the back of my head, I felt like because I. It's easy to think of like the DS game being being the second game, but it's not. It's the third. Correct. You. Yes, I'm in the same boat as you, and I don't have my tweet in front of me, but I was very respectful. I said, I ultimately phrased it along these lines. I said, with the impossible happening these days, these days with the likes of Valis Phantasm Soldier coming in English, uh, Rondo of Blood for Turbo coming in English for the first time ever. Mm-hmm. I said, how about limited run games? I said something like makes history again with this SNK card release, and then also offers a physical edition with that. As well as the expand edition. Yeah, I I honestly think like the way you sell that is is you you say we're translating the expand edition, yes. we're putting both in the cartridge, and I mean I guess the problem is right. The problem is as niche as the the damn Turbo Graphics sixteen CD is, mm-hmm. like Pocket is even nicher, like. how well how but 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 there is the argument because i think we talked about this before was was there any connection to the rondo of blood announcement 
to the fact that Analog's making their own Turbo Duo, right? Like, now that you've got a whole bunch of pockets out there. Right. And now that, now that you're going to have Neo Geo Pocket oh, color that's a adapter. Oh, that's a good point. Right. Is, like, is, like, is, is that the way that limited run games can justify? Um, they can kill two birds at one. Okay. Uh, b- bundle it bundle it with the adapter. Okay. Is that what you're going to say? Well, no, but you got me going now. So, Rondo of Blood technically... There's that PlayStation 4 version with Symphony of the Night that's uh, that was offered recently by Limited Run. So you can technically get physical Rondo of Blood mainstream on PlayStation 4 technically, right? And there's nothing right. wrong with that version that I can think of. Where am I headed with this? And then you have the Turbo version. So who's to say, what if they offer SNK with Xband? For Switch, and then also for the old school unit, kind of what you're saying, also produce a physical cartridge for the analog of the X-Band on a Neo Geo Pocket cart. Right, that's what I'm saying. It's, yeah. it's like, I think, I think, I was going to say, like, I think the Pocket, just by itself, is, is too niche to justify them making a physical release for that, but I, I think when you consider the fact that you're going to have a whole bunch of new potential customers through the pocket. I guess my question then is, is are the adapters going to be separate? Can I, can I find out on here? Are the adapters separate? I think okay. so. Aren't okay. they like so 35 the, the, bucks a piece? I'm going off the top of my head. They're, they're, they're 30. They're 30. So what you could do is, is you work with analog and you have a special bundle where you get the Neo Geo pocket color adapter plus copy of special release card fighters clash together for 60 or whatever right like that would be interesting oh absolutely because i don't know how i don't know how popular like okay if i'm looking at adapters right i think game gear has to be the most popular adapter for the pocket easily Mm -hmm. second i mean would it be turbo or would it be links? Like, I mean, links? Probably turbo. Links? Turbo. Turbo. Yeah. I would say turbo, then links and pocket. Like, I, I, as much as I love the pocket, I think the links had a, more, more people out there playing it. <laughs> and it, was, it was more right. widespread. Um, so I. God, if you. If, I have if a counter probably, for you, not to disrespect any game. I'm not going to name any games, but you know, you and I are on those limited run mailing lists, and we we cringe every Thursday afternoon, praying they don't announce something for Friday that we need to buy. But they send out a couple letters a week because I think they have like a Wednesday run and a Friday. I can't even ca- keep up. There are some games that they offer that I got to tell you, I have no idea who's buying some like. The only thing I tell myself is these are the most hardcore completionists to get a fully numbered set because there's some stuff that goes up there. And I feel bad because, I, I, you know, you can't play everything. And I'm just like, this thing can't be selling more than 10 copies. <laughs> and we're here arguing <laughs> did, about did, did, the did, one did, golden did, did, game did, on po- a Neo Geo Pocket. And I saw some stuff the other day. I don't even remember the name. And I'm like, who the hell wants this? Um, there, There is a... um. I don't want to name them because yeah. they're a company. They're a company that's been around for a long, long, long time. Uh, they were a, a bigger name in the eight and sixteen bit era. Um, they 
they're producing a lot of games lately. It shouldn't be it shouldn't be crazy to figure out who I'm talking about. Um, but they've been doing some of their games as physical releases through through limited run games, and I'm just like, who in the <laughs> world would buy these games? Because if you've looked at what they're producing, um, if it's a very specific category of of I don't know. It's I I I feel bad. I'm happy of all the companies that have have died over the years that we used to have in the eight and sixteen bit days, and now are completely gone. I'm glad they are still around, mm-hmm. and that, to the best of my knowledge, they aren't just a company who owns the name of that company and and is using it now, like an Atari or in television or whatever. So I don't want to insult them too badly, but I don't know who plays any of their stuff at this point, and. Every time Limited Run Games announces a new one of their titles for release, I'm just like, who, why, and who? Yeah, I know. It's it. it, it yeah, yeah. Mm. Hey, I got one for the fans to write in. Um, is there anyone out there that's a Limited Run fan who has been keeping up with every release and has a complete set to date? I I know one person who has complete Vita. Okay. Well, I mean that's still crazy. Which, which I I even compl- I, I even gave up on long ago. Like that that got to a ridiculous point. Um, did you buy Did you buy Valis, by the way? Yes. And I mean, I might as well throw myself under the bus. I did the. I did the. Oh cl- my God, Anthony. Uh- Like there's there's I, no reason I, I there's no I, reason I should even be considering buying Valis, but I, I am and I hate that about myself. I did the collector's edition and I did the three vinyl set, which is why I have an I have a problem. I, I did get rid of some stuff last week to make myself feel better, but I, I did like, do that. And two I, of the three yeah. games on this collection aren't that good. I, I know you know, it. okay, I so owned it. I own them on Turbo. I played them. I know, I know these games, and yet I'm still thinking about buying this. <sighs> but you know what it is? It's 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 the ridiculous. I mean, okay, you, know, you want my excuse? Them. Not that this justifies it. Sure. I keep, oh, by the way, because it's been a few months probably since our last recording and I'm not going to get into a whole spiel, I purchased a PC Engine Mini finally from Japan. I got the Hori yeah. uh, power adapter and I've put a handful of hours into it. I've I've gotten what I consider my money's worth so far for that device. I'm very pleased with it. Too bad too, too bad you can't buy more controllers for it. Well, uh, you know what? I have the one that comes with it and then a wireless turbo 8-bit dough, yeah. which I haven't. But anyway, that's that's a whole other ball game. I'm just, I'm just so pissed that I, I have four, it's four controllers in the every, five. It's disgusting. So yeah. why am I bringing this up? Bringing this back to something like Valis. So I have the PC Engine Mini. And as everyone knows, I keep bringing up the topic of, am I going to buy an analog duo? Well, we're in 2022. It still hasn't been announced. <laughs> and I'm sure no matter what I say, when it goes up, there's a piece of me that's going to want to click add to cart. I'm honestly very on the fence because of all of the titles that are on the PC Engine Mini. And now bringing it back to Valis, even if I got a, an analog duo, which, by the way, there is no way I'd be able to recapture even a quarter 
of what's on the PC Engine Mini in terms of spending money. If I wanted to buy those Valis games, which admittedly would not be on top of my list for the PC Engine, but let's make believe. There's, at this point for me, because I, I know you already have the system, you have a collection, I consider that a different ball game. For me, my better route is this Switch Endeavor. Yeah. I mean, even just, with what I paid, what was it? like? I, it was like 80 bucks. Not for. I'm not including the vinyl. How much would those games cost me to purchase? Because I think there's two installments. I, I know there's three oh, versions of the game on the card. I can't remember if one of those is like the PC-88 or whatever version. No, it's, it's, they're all straight. The, the, the P, basically, the PC Engine. Um, okay. P, PC, CD. Okay, off the top of your head, I'm not holding you to this. If I had to buy all three of those individually, what would I be spending? Okay, are you looking at the American versions or Japanese versions? I don't care. Take your pick. Well, okay. So, that was three, for example. If you wanted a complete copy of the English version, you're looking at $200. Oh, see, we are... Uh, yeah, I'm already out. Uh, Valis 2 complete copy is 95 295 And um, the original Valis never came out in America. So two ninety five, and just for completion's sake, how much is it import? Like 20 bucks or something? So is this, is this the... So... And I actually, I actually used to own this. I wonder where my copy is at. Um, the original, <laughs> the original Japanese game, uh, complete right now, according to price card charting, is like fifty four bucks. So two ninety five, and so that's three fifty. That's three fifty before shipping. I mean, that's a lot of cheese. Yeah, it's it's just like I said, two of those games, like you don't need to play them. Like, what's the funny part of the Valis series, the funniest part to me is the best game on PC Engine is the original game. And the reason for that is because these were all, I think, like, what, MSX games or something like that originally? Yeah. Um, Valis 1 on, on PC Engine came out after Valis 2 and Valis 3. Which which is weird. Yeah, how weird is but, that? I didn't know but that. In, so in release order, the first game was actually the third game, and because of that, by that point, I, I guess they got better at making games or something. So like, the gameplay for for the first game is actually better than the second and third. So game. wait a minute. Okay, I'm confused. In reality, did Valis One come out first? Like, I mean, we're talking about. Okay, yeah, in Japan, Valis One came out first, right? Yes, because I said I, th- I think <laughs> I think that was um, MSX. But in the U.S., it went well. We never got no, 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 no. Yeah, we never. So, so when when they started porting the, I can't even spell Valis. Oh, um, I see what you're saying. So when they when took they it from the porting, computer to pr- bring yeah, it over. They, when they, right when they started porting. I see. Okay, so, so the original Valis was yeah. on. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, what PC eight eight zero one is that MSX? Uh, it's different. It's different. Okay, so the original Valis was on that. Yeah. Then Valis two, three, and four were on uh, PC Engine. Okay. So so then at some point I see what you're saying. Um. So okay, let's see. So the original release of original Valis was nineteen eighty six. On PC-8801, MSX, and X1. Okay. And then FM-77, and blah, 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 blah. And then came on a Famicom, and came on a Mega Drive. So, 
original Valis came out in 1986. The PC Engine version of the original Valis didn't come out until 1992. Wow. So, so basically, when they started porting the games to PC Engine, right. they started on part two. Yeah, it's almost that the developers had the developing experience on the PC Engine console. So even though they went back to the oldest iteration, it almost became a remaster in a way because of their programming expertise by that time. Right. Wow. Wow. But like the collection pisses me off too because it like it doesn't have Valus 4 on it, for example. And there was no reason to not have Valus 4 on it. You could have put the Genesis games on there um, because the Genesis versions were different. And then there was the uh, SD Valus on Genesis that, that could have been on there. There was Super Valus 4 for the Super Famicom that could have been on there. And But like it's, it's one of those things where, and I know this is stupid, but it's one of those things where it's like, I don't care about the Japanese release that just exists, but because this is a a kind of rarer English North American release of a mm-hmm. weird Japanese collection. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I care. And I hate that I care. But that's the thing that would make me kind of be like, you know, should I buy this maybe? I don't know. I've got I've got too many Switch games just sitting sealed in my shelf already as it is. Well, I think you've got. Uh, oh, I, I do notice with recent limited run offerings, and, and this is not a bad thing. Do you notice they've upped their time frame from four weeks to six? Yeah, which which I I that's one of the things I hated because like it it would never fail that that the two games I'd want from them that they announced would like come far enough apart that I couldn't just put them into one order. But I could right now like. If I wanted to get the uh, River City Girl Zero, I could get that and Valis together. Well, I'm a weirdo when it comes to that. Not that I like to waste money, but I always spend the extra five to seven bucks, and I always do separate orders. I can't do that because some of this stuff is so. I mean, if I did that with my stuff and tried to roll some of this stuff together, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. But it's just like it's just like I, I think too, and and Anthony knows my my pain here. It's like I've already got. So many games I'm already waiting on. Right, correct. Like, um, I've got Double Dragon and the Kunio Kun collection yep. that I'm still waiting on. Um, the Andro Duos Dunos Two I'm waiting on. From Limited Run, I'm waiting for Mushihime Sama. And then if if Dispatch ever releases their games, I've got two coming from them. <laughs> yeah, you told me about those. I was unfamiliar with those. But so uh, it just gets to a point where not not only are you are you buying a ton of games, but you're buying a ton of games while you've got a ton of games already pre-ordered and you don't even own have it in your hands yet. It's it's a sickness, Anthony. It's oh, it sickness. is. It absolutely is. I keep weeding stuff out and, and rebuilding. I mean, I downloaded the other. I was downloading a demo the other night, which I intend to play this weekend. But I'm not even having time to. I downloaded that. Not to. Here's a quick, complete switch of gears. I downloaded the Monarch demo that just became available the other ah. night, but I haven't played it. Have you? No, no, but that's the game from some of the people who worked on... That is Shin Megami Tensei. That is correct. Yeah. It's weird because if you glance, if you don't know what you're looking at, 
you could almost mistake it at times for an SMT or Persona title, but then what was that? And I could be very wrong on this. I'm going off a trailer I saw. It looked like if you took SMT Persona and put it in a blender with Stella Deuce. Yeah, that or like for some reason I think of like Conception for some weird weird reason. Yeah, and and the only reason I make that comparison is because when I looked at the battle scenes, mm-hmm. it looked. Am I nuts? Did it look a little more SRPG oriented or am yeah. I okay? Yeah. yeah, okay, all right. I just like I I it's 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 I hate to say this it's it's I think it's too anime for me. It's it looks really anime, and <clears throat> if you're telling me something from the t- people who made Shimigami Tensei, like mm-hmm. I want not anime. It looks very anime. Uh, you mean like modern anime? Just just like it looks like anime characters and anime situations. Yeah, it's 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 just like it it feels kind of like the the current. I gotta see it run. Japanese RPGs. Yeah, usually I hate that. You, I I have to see it run because I have to admit I didn't get that vibe from looking at it. But my biggest surprise came from the battle scenes. But I'll have to. Yeah, yeah, I'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um. It's just. It's just like I said. They're they're characters that they're kind of like characters that look to me more like they would be from an anime or a. Uh, Nippon Ichi RPG, oh, or a Gust <laughs> RPG, or things like that. Yeah, I, I got. I'm on their freaking email list, and I haven't done these, so I'm not guilty of this. But did you see, they're pushing the NIS Classics Collection Two coming out in May or whatever. Yeah, and like, uh, I, I, I don't. I, I don't know. Want to insult, I don't want to insult I know. either. But when, when you look at, I know how those sprites now look. You know, mm-hmm. in in the modern era on HDTVs, like mm-hmm. man, those those sprites desperately need to be redrawn. Mm-hmm. Like you're really pushing things with, them. right? Well, it seems like this is turning into a retro episode, which I don't mind because there's a lot of current topics about retro. Here's one uh, we'll roll into. What are your feelings on the recently? Um testing of the waters we'll call it it's an unofficial announcement of the hori arcade archives multifunctional arcade stick i'm i'm really excited to see where this goes um <clears throat> for people who don't know a series of tw- <laughs> i think it was tweets or also mm-hmm. maybe a website for this of like some concepts for a a new controller that would be modular that you could like switch in and out parts depending on what kind of a retro game you're playing so for example if you need just a regular joystick and buttons you could do that if you needed two sticks for like a robotron ish kind of game or or was it uh the uh the running man parody game uh the running man parody game oh 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 smash tv smash tv thank you um something like that or you could Swap in a a roller ball mm-hmm. uh, or a, or a, a dial, whatever the dial are called, roller ball, and then the twisty thingy. 
the so, twist top oh, uh, also, directional yeah the 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 like like Arcan- arcanoid stuff but then they also showed off a joystick where you could actually twist the joystick for stuff like heavy barrel or oh, yes. warriors or things yes. like that. yeah yeah so it's it's a really really neat idea um and would be absolutely perfect for anybody who does like emulation and stuff um so i'm curious to see like if this comes about like how does it translate from these plans they're showing off to like the actual fin- finished product mm-hmm. you know what the cost on it is but it's a really interesting idea now this is a future topic we're not going to get into it full blown tonight but the Taito Egret 2 mini which was announced not long ago uh and is also going to get I dare say a western release I think you know cuz we had the the Sega one right and normally I would care about Sega but it just it was it was neat but it was an expensive neat you know? and it was m- more expensive than it was neat um but the the title unit is really cool because they put the the screen that you could rotate you know for for vertical scrolling games and they've got the extra controller that has the 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 trackball and the, the dial i mm-hmm. cannot think of that thing's name yeah i can't um, either but I, I know what you're talking about yeah and and so the the title one is is pretty cool it's got a lot of like options oh they also got on the on the at least in the joystick i don't know if that's actually on the unit itself but on the joystick you can turn a a a, a turn a, a knob on the button to change the joystick from being eight way to four way wow uh which i mean it's a simple thing it's a little gate thing on the inside mm-hmm. you just kind of rotate but that makes it better for for you know i mean pac-man's not going to be on it but it makes it better for games like a pac-man where you want very strict up down left and right kind of movements mm. so yeah i mean like they've put a lot of work i mean it's 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 expensive it is expensive but they have put a lot of work into uh paddle i guess it's just called paddle uh they they put a lot of work into the unit and it's got some some neat games i know uh anthony is excited for for ray force i am excited for uh elevator action returns yeah see those are two killers right there i'd, I'd be interested i, I love i love the arkanoid games that are on there so yeah it's got a lot of really neat games and <laughs> it did uh it did get announced for coming to the west um it's coming I don't know if we have an actual date or not. Uh, but the the bad news is is it's two parts. Uh, first, the obvious if you look if you know anything about the Japanese release is this is going to be costly. The unit <laughs> itself will cost uh, two hundred and thirty dollars. Wow! And then there is the separate paddle and trackball expansion set, which comes with the controller. And games, and I think that's like a hundred and forty or something like that. So what? Two thirty at one forty. Uh, carry the two, add the one. So three. Th- that's what three seventy ish. Yeah, yeah, I can remember right, right, right around there. I mean, so. we we have just hit the PS Five digital price and Xbox uh, Series S with a game. Yeah. Um, and the Western version, and when I say Western, I'm talking United States, Canada, UK, Europe, uh, 
for all those territories combined, there's going to be a total of 5,000 units. Oh, yeah. So that... They, they, I, I, I talked to the company. I asked them. They said, um, if, if all those sell out and there's a lot of demand, they may consider doing a second run of these things. But it's not confirmed yet. But so if, if you really, really want one, get on it. Um, they are up for pre-orders currently through a site called Games Rocket, and with only five thousand, I mean, it, it, it. They might not all sell, but they might all sell, you know. What's again, the, it's like, what's it's, the it's Western like, price on that base without uh, extra goodies? How much? For just just the, the system itself? Yeah, I'm going to do my math, yep. Okay, so the system itself is two twenty nine ninety nine, And it comes with a cup and cup So holder. for that endeavor, now obviously we're not taking into okay. consider... Yeah. Yeah, okay, so so let's, let's go through this. Okay, so, so that, that's the price for the console. Yep. If you want to get the the battle and trackball set, well, I'm not even thinking about the. I'm okay. not even thinking about us. I'm thinking about like manufacturing, like so that. Okay, en- okay, okay. So that endeavor, obviously, there's a cost up front. It's not like this magically gets created for free, but right. If all those five thousand units being sold, not including shipping and not including whatever the cost up front for the product was, that's about one point one mil. So that seems to be so. I guess to make it easy for this to be worth their time, and this isn't pure profit because it doesn't take into cost a product. I guess in order for them to produce, it's got to be a bare minimum million dollar effort. But I guess yeah. The question is, is like, I mean, because they're they're obviously licensing it for the West, mm-hmm. right? So at that point, I I don't know the answer to this. Is like is you know, how much of the production is Taito handling? How much of the production costs are they handling? How much is the licensing fees for this? So I guess there's a few different questions on, like, like what the, the profit would be. I got to admit, unless it's a team of two or four people, you know, a million bucks, not including upfront costs, really doesn't go Well, the good thing, the good thing should be, the good thing should be is that like they're not producing on their own. Right. They would just be paying Taito right. to produce a new But you get what oh, I'm I saying. I forgot that that Twin Cobra is on this. Oh my god. In heaven. My my my, my baby Twin Cobra. You're talking to someone that owns two versions of it. <coughs> yeah. I, I know I've got. It made me choke too when I opened up the PlayStation 4 <laughs> version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, just to talk about the elephant in the room and it's not me with my covid weight um really quick don't want to spend a lot of time on this because we are readily approaching the 80 minute mark we will just say this out loud and we can do a deeper dive next episode it, it actually could be a show in and of itself even though it's not one of our favorite topics or companies per se in some ways but speaking of all this money a million bucks to someone like Microsoft? That ain't nothing. That ain't about, it. That's that's like going out buying a pack of Twix. That's nothing. About, what, so what is it? 60, 60, 67,000 million bucks? Yeah. <laughs> now, if you want to be talking some real high rollers, baby, 
can you lend me $68.8 billion so I can edge out the $68.7 billion offer Microsoft has made to Activision Blizzard? That, I mean... You know what I was thinking, Molly? I'm gonna, I, got a, I got an angle on this I haven't heard anywhere else. I was thinking of this the other day, before, uh, and I'll let you speak. Mm-hmm. They bought... They bought... Um, help me out here. Bethesda, Zenimax. They bought right. Zenimax for... What was Let's round up. It was like $8 billion, right? It was less than Something that. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Okay. $8 billion. When I heard... Eight... Molly... We can talk about these numbers all day, but it's it's much like the universe or traveling to another star. You know, we can talk about it, but you'll never be able to comprehend it. Just like we're never going to be able to comprehend these numbers or having this kind of money, okay? But when I was, correct me if I'm wrong, Zenimax, that Zenimax umbrella, there's a lot of games yeah. Under yeah. that umbrella, correct? I mean, I mean, I, if you think about it, there's, you know, I mean, if you think, talk about like games that people know, people that are yeah. heavy hitters, like there's Fallout, yeah, there's it, the Elder Scrolls, the big one for me, id Software. You get all Doom, of its property, yeah. Do you, I don't know if you know where I'm headed with this, but but real quick, real quick, yeah. You know what's funny is remember, remember when like. Disney bought like Lucasfilm for I, like four billion. I saw this theory. Yes. Yep. And you're like, that's so much yes. money. Or, or yes. I mean, they bought Minecraft for four million too. You know, for four billion. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you sound like you know where I'm headed with this. So when they got Bethesda Zenimax, which we could talk about more and more, that was a lot of money. I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Looking at what they paid, and I'm and look, Activision Blizzard is 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 just a gargantuan pickup. I don't want to, I don't want to lessen that. But the more I thought about it, I kind of feel like they got Zenimax for a fire sale in comparison to what they paid for Activision Blizzard, especially under the circumstances. Of the under the gun that those companies are right. Am I am I nuts in that statement? Well, it's it's and it's, it's kind of answers your question, but I think what's funny is and and I'm just saying this on a personal level, right? If I think about like if I was buying one of those two companies just on games, mm-hmm. not on whatever profits they make or things like that, like I almost think that Bethesda was the better choice, yeah, because. I feel like, man, I'm getting all these like 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 how big Skyrim is, right? Right. I'm getting Skyrim. I'm getting I'm getting Fallout. I'm getting Doom. I'm getting Wolfenstein. I'm getting the Evil Within. Evil Quake. Within, uh, Quake. All this kind of stuff, right? And like, I know, I I I I know what Activision Blizzard has, but if I think about what is relevant to me right now, like Activision Blizzard is Call of Duty. Uh, and that's like it for me right now. And speaking on a personal note, and I'm not justifying what the company's going through right now. That that I'm just talking from in the past, so don't take this the wrong way. And it is not worth anywhere near this money. You know, when I look at Activision Blizzard, when I think of pure quality games, <clears throat> you know, I think Blizzard is worth it. I didn't say it was sure. worth. It. So, like in that, yeah. like 
maybe for a couple billion or something like that, I'd be like, totally. But I, yeah, back to your point. I mean, it's, I guess it is, but is Call of Duty worth? Uh, well, because I, I think the problem for me is it's like Blizzard was big. Right. But when I, when I think about like how much they screwed up the, the, the Warcraft remake. Oh, okay. I how, forgot about that. How, how crazy like Overwatch 2 is going and how it feels kind of directionless in some ways for me mm-hmm. as somebody who used to love playing over- <clears throat> Overwatch. Um, World of Warcraft is way long in the tooth at this point, and there's there's no hints at, I don't think, at a, at a new version coming. <clears throat> they, did, they did WoW Classic, but now they're kind of pushing that forward to a point where people aren't happy because it's not as much classic anymore. Like, it's it's just funny because when I think of Activision Blizzard right now, I think of a company with a lot of really great, great properties mm-hmm. that has done little or bad things with a lot of those games. Yes, I'm with you. And, and look, I, just to throw this out there, I you know my when I think Blizzard, I thought Diablo, I thought StarCraft, and that's me personally. But back to what you're saying, and I'm I'm not trying to be pessimistic or downplay this because. Any company out there that is able to acquire all of these properties under their belt at their disposal to their own freedom is beyond amazing. But, you know, I guess back to what you're saying, like, when is the last time they any of these were, like, super hot or in their prime? You know, Microsoft has to hope that with all of this money spent, that they don't repeat their past mistakes of what they did with Rare. Well, I, I I think because it's like the the, the thing too, right? Is <clears throat> you look at like so I don't remember if it was last year or or when it was, but the the twenty uh, twenty was when the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater one point one 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 and two remake. Yes, out, right. That was really really well received, really popular, mm-hmm. and uh, the people who made it by Curious Visions, like, what was their reward for that? They, I think they're now working on Call of Duty. Oh, and, yeah, you told me this on text a year. I forgot about you this. you have... <coughs> sorry. You have um, Toys for Bob. They they used to make the Skylander stuff, and then they made the, the, really, the really, really good Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time that came out. They made the, the Spyro remake. They made the Crash Bandicoot remake. You know, they've made some great stuff in recent years, and what was the reward for that? They're now working on Call of Duty. Right. Like, I think if anything can come from this, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, I'm saying this is a, a hope and a prayer. Right. Is, um, you know, there's been the, <coughs> sorry, there's been the talk of like, does, does Microsoft push to no longer have Call of Duty be yearly? Right. Well, and if they do, if they do, then could from that, you see these divisions that were doing interesting things previously go back to doing interesting things. Like like one person I saw say, what if Toys for Bob did a new like Pan- Banjo-Kazooie, for example? Mm. You know, like, if anything positive beyond, let's be clear, beyond the complete and utter garbage fire that, that Activision Blizzard management is, you know, and all those issues. Beyond all of that, like just in terms of being a game developer, like I think the best thing that could happen from this 
hopefully is that Microsoft pushes to have Call of Duty not be yearly, let some of these smaller divisions be free again, and have them go back to making fun, interesting games, and not have everything, everything be Call of Duty focused. Let me ask you this, a little bit switch uh, fork in the road on this. And for Microsoft themselves, this is a great game plan and with Game Pass. But let me ask you this, and I feel like, I don't know if it was you and I who discussed this sometime in the past, and you might have been the one that said this. Correct me if I'm wrong. So Once again, make this crystal clear. For Microsoft, it's phenomenal. Part of their streaming plan, uh, getting content, they're doing that, period. For their vision, their they're on that track for companies outside of that bubble of what microsoft has now which is a growing bubble for themselves you know is it bad in a way for other companies out there developing games and trying to make it in that many people your mainstream people not hardcore gamers are now pretty much getting accustomed to and expecting the top titles for free on something like a Game Pass and no longer spending 50 or 60 bucks on a game? I think I think for now it's not as big of a deal because um, there, there have been reports come out that like AMD and Game Pass do help drive sales of games sometimes. Um, but on the other hand, if you look at like the UK charts, I think like sales of like physical xbox games have gone way down really and you wonder if part of that's from um it, it has Pass. to be i i think it's gonna be a two-pronged thing it's like um call of uh not call of, uh <laughs> everything's call of duty yeah uh rainbow six extraction just okay up on, all right uh, day day one on 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 game pass and i think that's the kind of game that could have come out and just kind of faded away pretty quickly mm-hmm um, I, I say that because I've I've played it and and it's it's fine, but I don't think it's like a super phenomenal game. But it seems to be doing really well on Game Pass, and um, it's helping to drive sales of like microtransaction stuff, right? And I I think going forward, on one side, that's gonna be the big thing is not necessarily a game that's free to play, but a game that you do get on Game Pass, and then. The push isn't necessarily to sell copies, but to sell you in-game purchases, right? Mm. I think there's going to be a new tier of games like that, you know, um, that come out where it's like, we're not going to be free, but we're going to be sort of free, and then get you to buy stuff from there. But I... Like, what was the game? Um, Scarlet Nexus, I think was one where there were rumors that it was going to be coming to Game Pass Day 1. And like that seems like the perfect kind of example of a game where a lot of people would just hold off on it. Just to see. Right. right? Like, I mean, I played Scarlet, Scarlet Nexus. Um, I thought it was really, really good. But it is the kind of game where if there's any hope of it coming to Game Pass... I can I can wait it out, you know, like I'm not in a rush to play it. Um Tales of Arise, I loved Tales of Arise, but that again is a game that's a very game passy game to me. 
not to keep mixing things up on you, and this goes beyond gaming, and this this conversation has been around now for years now, and you know, you and I are a bit more old school in many ways, and maybe that's just it, answering my own question, and that you know things change, and but do you feel with all of these streaming services and and now streaming more prevalent in gaming that many people are now no longer owning anything um well okay so so real real quick there's one other thing i want to say on the the last question uh-huh. is just that like i think an issue too is going to be so for me right like i'm not anybody who seriously cared about forza horizon like okay. it was always a game series like that looks really neat right i i might want to play it someday but i'm not gonna get out my go my way to do it you know but because it's on game pass I can download it with with no commitment or, or cost or anything, and I've really been enjoying that game, you know. But because that was there and I downloaded it, that means I have less potential time for games I might have bought. Well, that's inter- That's an interesting right. angle because I'm I'm learning now that I'm a, a parent and I'm getting older and I have. I'm already getting games from work anyway, and I'm having less time to play games. It's like, it's it's becoming more. And we've seen this on the kind of Netflix, Disney Plus streaming side oh, too. It's like, yeah, it's becoming more where I just want something to play. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily need game X or Y to play, and I think that's one of the interesting things about Game Pass that could be a danger to some games is that. You know, if you're not on Game Pass, then maybe I'm just going to play something that is on Game Pass and not rethink about your game, right? But ownership, yeah, and it's it's funny because I'm like the the idea of like Google Stadia really bugged me. You know, where you're you're paying sixty bucks for a copy of the game that you never own and can't touch and 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 keep and mm-hmm. have in any way um, because I don't like that. But it's it's kind of scary how much I am into Game Pass and I this I like Game Pass for the same reason I like Microsoft's X, X Cloud because there are options, right? It's not the only way to get those games, but they are options. But I. There's a, a lot of big series series on like Netflix or Disney Plus that also get physical releases, but mm-hmm. we're starting to see more and more that just stay digital. Correct. And that kind of worries me. And I think we're going to, I mean, we, we, we are seeing it with games, obviously, right? We're seeing a lot of games that, that never get physical releases, but do we start seeing more games that don't even get digital releases? like? Are they only Game Pass? Because if you get to the point where, you know, some Microsoft's games are only Game Pass, like if if Toys for Bob does do Banjo Kazooie and you can only play it on Game Pass, like we reach a point where at some at some time in the future that game could just be gone forever with no way to save it, and that is kind of scary. Right, I agree, and I think, you know, my vantage point has changed a bit as I get older as well, because 
I've always been like, I got to have the disc and own it. Right. And, you know, but and not to open this can of worms, but you learn as you get older. And this is not me sticking up for the digital only platforms because I do feel it is good to own some things or certain things that you want in your collection. But there's that whole other conundrum that you and I are learning as retro collectors and sellers in that hardware starts to die unless one is an expert. You know, not that I've encountered this, but I've read about this. I've discussed this in the past, and sometimes it takes many years disc rot or making sure temperature-controlled rooms for higher-priced items or stuff that's sensitive. There's a lot of these other variables. Um, Or just moving. I know. So there's a lot of factors you never think of when you're a teenager or even in your 20s. But as you go through these things, you know, and like I said, I would never want things to be only digital and never have to hold something. But then there's always that joke I make, too. And it is a joke. But, you know, there is a little it's it is kind of true. You know, what's going to happen when I die? Right. Are they going to take all of my vinyl and games and shove them in the in the uh, uh, in in the dirt with me? You know. (laughs) So there there are multiple ways to look at it. I, I will say, though, control-wise, I'm sure these companies love it because they just stream it to you. There's no manufacturing. They can pull it at any time. I don't like that in theory. But at the same time, you know, it's a piece of me gets it. It's And it's hard because, like, like, one of the things I've really been fighting with over the last few years has been my DVD collection or DVD because I don't have much of a DV collection at this point. Um, and not that I have a big collection, but it's just like, I, so there was the thing with Voodoo. Um, yes. Where you could, you could scan the barcode on your disc. Yes. And it'd say like, hey, for two bucks, you can get a digital version of this disc. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So it, and they, they still do it too. <laughs> um, it's called disc, disc two and number two, do two digital. Okay. And it's like, it's like, Disney stuff you can't do, and now Fox is messy because Fo- Disney owns Fox. But um, so I added I added some some to my library because I was like, could I in theory like pack this deep Blu-ray up, or could I even get rid of it and just have a digital version of it? You know. Um, and at first I was kind of fighting against that because I was like, oh, you know, I don't like the idea of only having a streaming copy of this kind of stuff. But more and more I've been I've I've realized that. I, I don't know that I need all those Blu-rays sitting there. And I think the Blu-ray is still going to be a, a better, much better like quality, mm-hmm. right? You know, a much higher bid rate, better resolution, better sound. But, but I'm finding that, like, I just want to watch this stuff, right? And maybe it's not the best quality. Maybe it's not the best sound and the best, you know, best video compression or whatever. But... I just want to watch it, and it's so much easier to just bring up the Voodoo app, or now I'm trying to switch to, like, Apple TV, you know, and and just bring it up that way and watch it that way. And there's a lot of control that you lose in doing that, but, man, as as you get older, like, convenience beats out right. control a lot of the time. And, so, yep. And, and I, I've, I've, I've got a very small... 4K UHD collection, and kind of my thought was, like, 
one of the things I absolutely positively love and really care about, right? And have a small collection of those, have a small collection of Blu-ray for stuff that is either I can't get digitally or is, you know, that I care about but isn't going to be in 4K, like the most recent Project ACO release, you know. Um, but beyond that, it's like, maybe I can just be okay with streaming as long as I've got an internet service that doesn't have bandwidth on it. I feel you have the right mindset and where I'm at, even though I've been buying discs like movies and, and what have you regularly as of late, my excuse is I have been buying a lot of classic re-released anime that you can't yeah. get. Any, so that that's right. kind of the story. So some of that stuff, I've been really going down memory lane the last few months with everything from the Fatal Fury movies to Echo, which, by the way, I, I, I don't. I think we did talk about this maybe, but no, we didn't. We talked about it privately, but by the way, yeah. don't let that fool you. Even though it's Blu-ray, uh, it high, high def, not 4K, don't, don't even just, if you're a fan, buy it. That's, yeah. that's that. Yeah, I, I watch it on my 4K TV and it looks, it looks beautiful. Yeah, it looks amazing. So, like, like uh, anime, the thing that's good about anime is, like, I think anime translates much better um, from, going to eight, to 1080, from 1080 to 4K, that even if you have just a regular Blu-ray version, like, I think a lot of anime is going to look really good still. Oh, well, the, the late, uh, not to, the, the latest 4K one that came out that I did not buy yet, the most recent 4K release, was Robot Carnival. Oh, I didn't see that. That just, it shipped the end of December. I did not get one. I'm, I'm awaiting Appleseed on Blu-ray and Udusei Yatsura, the third movie, which both released last week and I pre-ordered months ago, and I don't know why. Mine haven't shipped yet. So Yeah, Appleseed, I, I, I want to see like what you think of Appleseed. So here's the um, thing. I'll make it quick. I was never, I remember watching, uh, so here's the thing. I love the, I love the art of the comic uh, mm -hmm. I I love the design. I remember seeing a chunk or renting the VHS or whatever, and I was younger. And like, I don't want to say I didn't really understand it, but I was like, I didn't think it like looked that great. And I was like, God, this is kind of weird. And I, that was my take on it. That was like what twenty five, thirty years ago. I have to tell you something. I want to see it again as an adult. I know it's not very long, and I saw a minute clip of the remaster. I couldn't believe it. Mm. It didn't even it, it. It did not even look the same. So I I, th I think my problem with Appleseed was the same problem I have with Naushka, Um Is that you're only getting one small slice? Oh sure, of yeah. Really, really right. big cake. Correct. And and that's that's that can be rough sometimes. Right. Yeah, and let me make this clear. Uh, and this is very uh one dimensional, superficial. I'm primarily getting this for the collection and I just want to see how that the right. remaster looks. From that perspective, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. But next is a dirty pair for me. That's the next one and then Well, you have to thank Hopefully Macross and Ooh, I'm going to ask you a question about that in a second, but you have to thank me for always keeping that list to remind you of our addictions. Don't forget, sometime this year should be Gunbuster. Oh, that's oh 
crap that's right yeah. i have it on the list and then also yeah. i don't know if you're a fan i never saw this when i was younger i'm recapturing stuff that i missed as well i have prepaid a copy for may of megazone 23 yeah i thought about that like i've i'm not a huge fan of it but it's one of those kind of things that would be neat to have what, but. what's the real quick but as we wrap up here on gvgp 49 and thank you fans for hanging in there and hitting that download button and always giving us another chance what's the macross thing you were talking about Oh, the uh, the movie. Do you do you do you do you remember love? Is that coming here? Well, just because of the the, the deal that got worked out that we talked about before. It's um, so funny. I dived into. I think, that. I think everything's on, on the table now, so that that has to. Because I I don't think that I don't think that ever really got an actual proper. No, not here. Movies. No, and it's funny because oh, yeah. you explained this to me like a year ago, and I didn't understand everything, but I read up on it, and I did buy. Um, I had a gift card. I just bought, um, oh my God, Robo, well, I hate to say it, but Robotech Volume 1, which is Macross. Mm, right. But I read that whole deal with Harmony Gold. I read it like twice to understand it. Boy, what a mess. Yeah. 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 I said it was a huge mess, but now that like, now that things should work, like it's, it's gotta be when, not if, because of that movie never coming out over here. Right. Like, that that has to be on the table at some, right. at some point. Well, with that, uh, with Molly's permission here, uh, we just hit around 105 minutes. So I want to thank Molly once again for putting this together. Uh, I hope everyone's 2022 is off to as good of a start as possible under the circumstances. I hope Santa was good to everyone. I hope everyone's getting some gaming in among these crazy times. So with that, on behalf of Molly and myself, Anthony, as we close GVGP49, we want to thank you. And we'll catch you all again very soon.